Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest isn't your average musician. Not only was he an instant star on American Idol back in the day, coming in at an impressive top three finish, but he has gone on to pave an amazing career for himself. He has a new record coming out on August 20th that we are beyond excited to hear about. From Grammy nominations to Dove and K-Love Awards, this guy is the real deal on and off the stage. Please help me welcome the man himself, Danny Goki. Danny, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, what's up, Trevor? Thanks for having me. Dude, we're just pumped to have this conversation. I've been listening to the record all morning and daggum, dude. Like, if this doesn't get a Grammy nom, like, I quit. Like, this is... This is some good stuff, dude. Um, We were going through the music video for Stand in Faith, and dude, like, this is your best work yet. And I'm not even just saying that. I don't say that that often. Like, legitimately, this is your best work yet. From the creative and the music videos to um, just the lyrics themselves, this is going to be a healing album for people. Man, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming, you know, coming from you. Um, It's because every time I go make a record, there's a vulnerability that you have to go through again because this is all unknown territory unknown songs which you know a lot of times people don't want to sit down you know that a lot of times there's some people who want to hear new music and there's other people like just put on the songs i know right Mm. and um but yeah this one i dug in i dug in on this one yeah and it's like each song tells its own story and i really want to dive into that like you know what we saw with your first record being a country record and then going into the Christian pop scene. It's just, it's amazing to see how you've transformed and just let the music take itself away. Um, You've seen massive radio hits. You've seen top uh, chart topping albums. It's only just beginning though. Like Jesus people is going to change the dynamic for you and the stages you've seen are nothing compared to what I believe is coming. So this is going to be a big deal, man. Well, thank you. You know, it's been a journey, you know, when I, it's interesting because I never saw myself. So when I went on American Idol, that was a promise I kept to my first wife. And, um, and the journey that happened after that, then signing with the country label and, and well, because American Idol really changed my approach towards music because I did praise and worship before then. And so anyways, when I went on American Idol and saw that people were touched by the story that I had and by the music that I was singing, but they would never walk into a church. It just changed the way I wanted to do and write music. And so when Randy Travis, who was one of our mentors that year on the show said, you should do a country album. I was like, that's not a bad idea. You know, cause when, when the show finished, it just so happens that a country record label came to me with a fistful of money. And so they wanted to sign me. <laughs> and um, I was like, man, maybe this is God. And that record tanked and it didn't, I mean, it sold a couple hundred thousand copies, but they were looking for the million you yeah. know, because the amount of money they put into, it. they wanted a platinum record and we didn't even go gold. We anyways, long story short, they dropped me. We couldn't get a radio hit and I was confused and, but thankfully God shifted me and put me over to another, uh, a whole other, you know, place where I was supposed to be the whole time. And so I think for anyone listening, they should be hopeful that, Hey, as long as you keep moving, even if you take the wrong door, God can steer you back to the right door. Yeah. And it's super encouraging to hear that. Most people think you go to American Idol and you're just instantly going to get famous. And 
the reality is like you look at the newer shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent, like you're not seeing as much charisma around the people on the show as you used to. Like I remember watching you on Idol and we're like, Yeah, he's gotta win this. And uh it you must have been young. Dude, I'm only 23 now. So, so I, you are really young then. Yeah. So I've gotten to see this whole thing just spiral for you, which is amazing. Um, with hope in front of me, man, like I remember when that hit radio and I was like, this sounds like Phil Collins, but it's not. And then I was like, bro, no, like this is Danny Gokey. And then tell your heart to beat again. And you saw massive radio hits from that. But I want to dive into the vulnerability behind all of this. Um, I want to dive into your story. If you're okay with like before American Idol, you didn't even want to audition. I did. And you did it, like you said, for your first wife. Yeah. So she, so here's the interesting thing about my life is that I remember thinking like my, so I worked at the church full time at night between those two churches, two locations. So I was directing and teaching songs. I did the music and, and then I did a semi-truck driving job during the day. And uh, so I never really watched a show. And then people would say, you should try out for American Idol. I was like, yeah, no, I'm just trying to seek God's will. Right. That's my whole, it was, I had the spiritual answer, but I got hooked 2008. It was David Archuleta and David Cook year. If anyone remembers that year, it was a big year. But it wasn't even them that got me hooked. It was a guy named Josiah Lemming. So I sat down. We got DVR, which allowed me to start watching the show. So this is 2008. And I'm coming home from the church after working. And I watch the show and I'm hooked. And I see this kid named Josiah Lemming who who was homeless. And he tried out for the show. And he had a lot of – like he had a really great talent, great songwriter – and then he gets booted off right the last week of Hollywood. Like he almost made the cut to the live show and he's in tears crying. And I'm thinking to the judges, why did they cut this guy? He was so good, but nevertheless they did. So what I did after that show is I went to my computer and I, I, I looked him up and this is back when MySpace was a big thing. So I found his MySpace page. He had a, he had 1.2 million followers on MySpace. And then that was the moment that occurred to me. If I just do what he did, because I'd never, made, I, was, I thought to myself, I'll never make, you know, far. But if I can just get to Hollywood, I can have over a million followers and start my career. And um, that's what got me to want to start. But then the story dra- dramatically changes. And a month before the audition that I planned to try out, my first wife passes away. And now I have this huge story. And it's not that I want, I didn't want to come with a huge story. That was not the story I wanted, but it was the last year I could try out. It's not like I could take a year off. It was at American Idol had this 28 cutoff limit, 28 years old. You can only, that's the, that's the, the age limit where you can't try out after anymore. So I just, I was in that rock and hard place and I went for it. And little did I know that, that God would use that rock and hard place. Cause like I was reluctant to go. But I was keeping a promise I made to my my first wife because she was a big fan of the show. I remember Sophia, like her making me go to Walmart and buy the the um Taylor. What Taylor who was the guy? Taylor, who's the one that, that Yes, won? Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks. She yeah. made me go buy the Taylor Hicks CD at Walmart. Like she was like we were buying music from the show. That's how big of a show it was. But going back to what you said about the other shows, American Idol is the only one 
that has made multiple platinum artists. Yeah. I mean, like in uh, Christian music, you've got Mandisa, you've got yourself, Colton Dixon, and even the people, it's mostly the ones that didn't win. Like, uh, Catherine McPhee was right under Taylor Hicks and he, she's still doing her thing. Taylor was in a movie last year, but like he's doing his normal thing, which like, yeah. And he's incredibly talented, but you got to think about it. Like I think I can only think the voice I think is the only one other show that has made, and it hasn't made as many. It made maybe one or two mm-hmm. singers. Yeah. I don't even know who they are, but I've, I've I've heard from other people that they have. And if you mention the name, I probably would know. But um, well, I know. I'll just tell you this: like, it's it's hard to make it after the show, mm-hmm. you know. And getting dropped by my record label was even another blow after the show. But but God, like, here's the thing: like, when you have God on your side, you don't need the show. Can God use the show? Yes. But even though I took some missteps, I got dropped from my first record label. Um, it was actually five years after American Idol, five and a half, that I got my first number one hit in Christian radio. And, you know, before them, people would, when they recognized me, they'd see me at the store and they would say, oh my gosh, you're Danny Goki. And they were like, what are you doing? And I hated that question. This is before I started making music again. I was that I, I knew that they were just saying like, you're a loser. You didn't make it. What are you doing now? And a lot of people would say this. It's so good though. You, it's probably really good. You didn't win the show because of all those contracts. That is the most, that is the most misconception is that we go on the show for the contract. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason why we go on to have a label behind us. And um, having a contract was a good thing. It was never a bad thing. And the funny thing with that is, like, uh, what's that? Philip Phillips? He was uh, he won, and he didn't make money off Idol. Like, even on his career, up until like six or seven years after, just because a contract is so heavy, like they want everything. Well, they do, but at the same time, when it was, I remember when it was our year, and we're not too far from Philip Phillips. But the person who won the show was getting a $350,000 check, though, to be in that contract. Wow. So that's a side that they don't talk about. Like, I, I, I like Philip Phillips. I like his music. I don't know him personally at all. But yeah. um, And then not only that, like, I remember our year that when you won the show, first answer, so the, the first place person got a $350,000 contract, which is, the, that was the advance on it. Of course, you know, you won't see any money after that unless you recoup. But then they also got, in addition to that, um, you had all these other contracts like Ford. Ford would give you a $100,000 contract to go perform at their place. And then you got a free Ford. And then they got paid, like I remember the winner our year got paid another $100,000 to, sh- to do the commercial for them. And then Disney paid them a hundred grand. And then, like, trust me, you, in, back in the heyday, you came off the show if you won almost a millionaire. Wow. So, um, if not a millionaire and, and plus other show contracts coming in, it, people were probably doing get offers with them for a hundred grand to go to perform here. So most every person who won the show. So I, I don't know the Philip Phillips thing, but I will say this. I do know that, you know, once you get your money, it's very hard to recoup after, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so I don't know his contract in and out, but I do remember that whole thing where he really called them out and, and got in a lawsuit with them. Correct. Yeah, he did. And so, I remember like uh, Chris Sly, well, he was very early on. He he did yeah. Winter Jam one year. He was like the opener. And I was like, dang, he did that. And then 
some dude won the voice. I forgot what his name was, but uh, Jordan. I, I don't know his last yeah, name. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Smith was doing like all the Winterfest events and like a big headliner. I remember I was introing some artists or something. Mind you, I was like 16 years old, so I was fresh, wow. new in this whole thing. And I remember a blacked out like uh, Chevy pulled up with like two security guards and they usher him in. I'm like, dang, what is he, the president? Like, <laughs> they were treating him like the guy. And I was like, dang. But the really cool thing about you is like, even we saw you at the Global Vision event. We did Energize Ministries yeah. in North Carolina, the ballpark event, Winter Jam. You carry this presence with you, though. Like, it's, you're there with your kids and your wife, but it's yeah. almost like when Danny Goki comes in the room, like, you just know you're about to get a good show and you've got yeah. heart, you've got passion, you've got rhythm. You've even got a vibe that you carry on stage. Like, even the way you move, like, I'm like, wow. dang, that dude is fire. Like, your Man, voice is phenomenal. You, you don't have to have tracks. You don't have to have a band with you. You could come and do acapella and jaws are going to be dropped to the floor. Like not a lot of artists carry that and no diss on like any artists or anything, but like your voice is unique. Like it could cut butter or something, you know, <laughs> like yeah. this thing is powerful and the album, Jesus people it, it's kind of in, I, even in the Christian industry, if you go to your label and you're like, Hey, I want to name my album, Jesus people. They're going to like, do you want to chart on secular or like, you know, yeah. this can get hard and you've been very outspoken over the past year, even yeah. like on uh, the things we're going through in America politically, just being bold about your faith, yeah. like a lion, which you don't see very often. So I commend you for that. Thank you. You're naming your album, Jesus people. And the contents of the album are speaking just out. Like let's build people for Jesus. Let's not like candy coated anymore. You're being bold and it's very commendable. Well, thank you, Trevor. And I, man, I appreciate all the, the, the kind words, man. It really builds my faith, when you know, and it encourages me. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I, when I went to name the album Jesus People, man, I got some – and I'm not going to say flack. I got pushback. And let me explain this. Before, before anyone sounds like an enemy, I got pushback from my label, who's a Christian label. They're secular and Christian, but I'm with the Christian side, capital CCMG, which CCMG stands for Christian, uh, Capital Christian Music Group. So Christian's in there. But I went, when I went to name it, everyone was like, I, I'm not sure you should name it that. And then I, even my manager at the time, and I remember we sat down because – and when we sat down with Capital, and they didn't – it's not that they were like, you're doing a bad thing. It just was, hey, here's what we're going to encounter. When you name the album Jesus People, this the potential – we have they had some like proof of, of other people who did – the potential for Spotify to say, you know what? We don't want to play this because that name is polarizing. Uh, or this Apple Music or these – Pandora, they might say that's just too religious, too extremist. And so and, – and, and rightfully so, they should have done that as a team because, you know, the goal – you know, what's, what's the point of putting music out if I'm the only one listening to it? But I remember they gave me all this – data and i was like oh man that sucks and i see what they're saying and so everyone was pushing back and so and i i just got to a point where i said you know what all right guys i, I don't want to make anyone's job difficult if we need to change the name i'm okay to change the name and so i was like i'll go with the album title he believes in you and then my manager went away on a vacation that following week and when she got back she called the meeting right away she said all right the lord really dealt with my heart I don't, he just began to deal with my heart over this issue and we're supposed to name it Jesus people. And I was just like, yes, yes. And I'll tell you this, like, because 
we went back to the label and we said, we're name it Jesus people. And he said, okay, we're ready to put up a fight. We're, we're okay to do that. But I'm glad that I didn't have to fight that battle. Like I knew from the beginning, I wanted to name it Jesus people because I have a song on there called Jesus people. And, but, but I do get, we live in such polarizing times that, you know, it's hard to decipher because if they shut you down totally, you'll have no voice. You know what I mean? And so, but I am, I am not a person who's ashamed. I'm, I'm not a person, you know, what I'm learning about things in life is that people are more concerned. You know, so you ever hear this phrase like, oh, I don't want to tell someone, you know, when people are friends are like, oh, I don't want to tell them, you know, not to do that because I don't want them not to like me. This is the kind of society we live in that people are more concerned about being liked than actually caring about the well-being of people. And I find an issue with that. I find an issue. I, that's not love. That's self-love. And your image is more important than the wealth. I mean, the health and wealth of, of being of everyone else. And so that's, I kind of base that off. That, that's, that's my mantra is like, I want to speak truth in love, even if people don't like me. And that's so good. Like not a lot of people are bold enough to do that. And there are two songs in particular that I really want to talk about that you also have music videos out with. Um, and I want to start with He Believes in You. What's the story yeah. behind that song? Man, so the Lord spoke that to me. He spoke this to me. In two, it was I was I remember going to church, just like putting my faith out there like, God, you got to speak to me. I'm, I'm hurting right now. I just need a word from the Lord. I, I, I was the worship leader of church. So I leave worship. Don't feel or sense anything. I'm like, okay. What's God, what the pastor brings the word, nothing. I mean, and I just felt so desperate after church that day. And I was like, oh, this, this hurts. And I, and I literally, I felt so discouraged that I must have opened the door to the enemy because I did feel this dark presence come around me, not in the physical, but the spiritual. And it's almost like a child who just calls out to his father from my heart. I said, Lord, if you don't help me now, I don't think I'm going to get through this. And I heard deep inside, like, like rivers of living water coming out. I heard, I believe in you. And it, I was like, what? God believes in who? Me? We're taught our whole life we're supposed to believe in God, but does God believe enough? Believe in us? And if he does, well, where's the scripture to back that up, right? So I go home the next day. I'm just mowing on that. I wake up in the morning. I'm still a little bit, a little feel the heaviness. I open my word to Ephesians one. I start reading chapter one, two, and three, and I just I'm bawling. I'm on. I, I literally I put my Bible on the floor. I get on my knees on the floor and I lay down. And I read the Bible. I just want to take the most humble position I could before the Lord, and I read Ephesians one, two, and three, and I'm blown away by what Christ did for us and all these things. I, I mean, I'm just bawling like wow, you know, because of Christ, He's broken down the walls. He's seated us in heavenly places. You know, He's given us His. You know, his wisdom and his knowledge, his understanding. Anyways, I wiped away the tears. I closed my Bible. I turned the TV on right after. And I and I have it on a Christian station. And the preacher's words that first come out of his mouth, I kid you not. He goes, the Lord told me to tell you something today. He's talking to a crowd of people, you know, and he said, the Lord told me to tell you that he believes in you. And I just got numb. I knew God confirmed it. But when you start looking at the scriptures and you start looking at it, God believes in you because he put his spirit in you. He doesn't believe in you because, you know, in, when your flesh, the flesh profits nothing, but the spirit gives life. And Jesus lives on the inside of you. And because Jesus lives on the inside of you, he's the hope of glory and he can help you overcome anything. So that's why I wrote that song. Man, and the lyrics in it, like, he took the cross for you and he believes in you. Like, 
Those aren't the exact lyrics. I was paraphrased, by the way. He's a songwriter than I am. But it's just like, dang, it packs a punch. And it's an anthem at the end of the day. Like, Right when I heard it, I was like, I can hear a ballpark or an arena full of people just singing this with you. And it's going to it's going to be polarizing for the people there because it's going to catch them off guard. Even if they know the song, like I can feel the depth in it. Like hearing this live is going to be a whole lot different than hearing it on the record, which on the record is phenomenal. But there's something about hearing messages like that live. And I'm sure you'll have a crazy good story to go with it. But I also want to dive into stand in faith because the music video kind of correlates a lot with what you went through um, with losing your wife. Yeah. And you were in love. Like that was your high school sweetheart, man. Like yeah. how long were y'all dating before? We dated six years before we got married. Yeah. And it, if I'm not mistaken, she passed from cognitive heart disorder. Yeah. It was uh, conge- congenital heart disease. Congenital. Yeah. Yep. And so, I'll just tell you, Stand in Faith was the journey. It's, that song is a big song for me because it was the journey I had to take. Because, you know, you hear scriptures that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right? Fight the good fight of faith. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And then you hear Jesus when he says, he tells Peter, you know, the devil has asked us if you like wheat, but I pray that your faith wouldn't fail. I mean, so like we're having all these faith correlations and, you know, going back to the fight, the good fight of faith, you're in a, you're in a fight and the devil's after your faith, but it's a good fight. But you know, what keeps, so when, cause here's the thing, bad things happen. Sophia dies or whatever people are listening to, what's that bad thing that happens? There's a cloudiness that comes, right? And now because of the cloudiness, you can't see up from down, left from right. And you're beginning to start questioning, is God good? Because I can't see his goodness, right? I can't feel his goodness. I don't sense his goodness, but what does faith do? Faith takes God at his word that says he works everything for the good. So in the middle of that haziness, that cloudiness, it's like you just keep moving forward through the cloudiness. And if you walk by faith and not by sight or by feelings, you see by faith, I see God healing me or I see God restoring me. And even though you're in pain right now, you believe by faith, you receive by faith because you can't, you don't have it yet, but you receive it. You'll get to the other side and the sun will come out and you'll see that God was exactly who he said he was to be. And that's so powerful. And that's really the overall message of this album and most of your career, like from hope in front of me to tell your heart to beat again. And the comeback is all about that comeback. Like yeah. oh, I start dancing, but it's, <laughs> it's all about just coming back yeah. from it. You're never too far gone. And even when you lost Sophia, man, like you're happily married, you got four kids. Now I grew up with three brothers, so I can only imagine oh, what you're going you're, through. Man. Like, you're from a family of four. So you, yeah. Get yeah. Like yeah. it's busy and people think like, Oh, he's on the radio, but I mean, four mouths and then feeding your wife and helping other people. Like you've got a huge heart. Like it, it, it just takes a lot to do that and a lot of bandwidth and your work ethic well, shows. I appreciate it. it takes in more than that. It takes the grace and the calling of God. I would never do this if God didn't call me into this, you know? And that, that's the thing. You know, when I sit down to write a record, I know that God has graced me to be a writer. But I just don't leave it at that. My prayer is like this. God, you're the greatest artist that there ever was. You're the greatest songwriter there ever was. The greatest lyricist. Right through me. And that's something that I receive by faith. You know? And 
obviously there's decisions to make along the way because things can get out of balance. You know, my, I could put my music career way ahead of my family if I wanted to. These are all choices. But I think one of the big, best things that God did with me is that he started to establish a foundation and build the foundation. So years before I ever became an artist, God was already digging deep and putting the foundation in so that I wouldn't, when I made it, just like talk, you know what I mean? Like be reckless with it. And I think that's key. And so I think there's people who are listening right now that they have a dream and they want, and like, man, I don't feel like my dream is happening. My best advice is like, you know what? Serve God where you're at. Allow him to dig deep where you're at. And, you know, let him open doors. You don't have to hustle. He's the greatest door opener there ever was. He's the greatest. So while you're serving him and building his kingdom, and a big key is while you're building his kingdom, when the time is right, he'll begin to build your dream. You know, and so I think that's key. That is key. And this record coming out on August 20th needs to be pre-saved on everyone's Spotify, Apple Music. And if you're wanting to not be so cheap, you can click the link in the description to go get the merch bundle that they have set up for this. Danny, this has been awesome. Thank you for being so vulnerable and just taking time out of the busy schedule to be here. Yeah, Trevor, I just appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Thank you. I got to tell you that it's been very encouraging talking to you and I appreciate that. And that's encouraging for me, and I'm sure it's encouraging for everyone as well. We're going to have all Danny's social links in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, they will also be there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Danny, thanks again. And we just want to thank New Release today for making this episode happen. And we will talk to you all next week. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.